Welcome to episode 37 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. And it would be a stretch to say we're famous for our bad recording timing. That would imply a love of notoriety that we have not and will not achieve. But we have had some poor timing in the past. And finally, we're hitting record at the perfect moment after a, I don't know, probably fair to say historic Vladi performance. So starting with you, Stoughton. What's going to stick with you from that huge day against Garrett Cole? You know, well, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's still hard to process even like, you know, that happened last night. We're recording on, on Thursday afternoon here. And, and I mean, it's not his first three home run game, I believe is what they said, which I, you know, I, my memory is not great about things. Um, but yeah, like I'd like to, to have done what he did, especially after getting his hand stepped on and being like is he coming out of the game and like like there was just blood on his uniform immediately like you know we saw uh did Grichik who did Grichik step on like the the there was an injury last year to Oscar I can't remember um as I say my my memory's I not I feel great. like it might have been Guriel but, yes, yeah. I think you're, I think yes, because Guriel was on a hot streak last year, and and that yeah, that was you know getting your hand stepped on can be quite damaging, uh, obviously. Uh, so for that to have happened, and for him to just be like, no, nah, I'm staying in the game, and then to hit two more home runs, of like successively, <laughs> like like more insane proportions, uh, and especially yeah, I mean the second one or the third one wasn't against Colt, but like uh, to do that against the it was insane. It was, it was, uh, um, and yet, you know, if just like a regular dude did that, it would be one thing, but it's just, it's kind of like, ho-hum, like Vlad. Yeah. Yeah. He's real, <laughs> real good. And he's that, he's that guy. He's that, he is that guy that we always thought he was going to be when he was in double A and, and everyone was like, call him up, call him up. Um, it's, uh, it's just you feel great about how like he's 23 and you're going to get to watch him for so many years going forward because I think he's going to do stuff like that a lot because he's like he just like that picture of the one uh, the second home run where it was like four inches off the plate inside uh, that I think like I, I retweeted something like John Axford tweeted like the picture from above where it's just like it, it just it, it, it looks impossible for a human to be able to where his bat was where his arms and the rest of his body were. Like when that bat made contact with that ball, to to hit that four hundred and twenty seven feet is just it seems impossible that a human could do it, uh, especially when it's traveling as quickly as it you know that like a ninety eight mile per hour fastball. Like, uh, I don't know. You could like we will run out of adjectives. It's just uh, it's it's uh, we we are very privileged to get to watch him every day. Yeah, I mean that. You know, that home run is the part of it that's sort of objectively the most special because it's ex- we know how hard it is to hit that pitch, especially traveling at that speed. You know, like thinking through it myself, like I'm not sure I'm going to turn on that pitch in softball. It's far enough inside. <laughs> like it it should be immensely awkward. And you, could lob was, it to, you could lob it to me and I might not hit it 427 feet, right? Like, I mean... I probably and I say well, I, I don't think you will. I, I I'm like to flattering myself you. by saying yeah. I might not. <laughs> yeah, I probably would like. I would be. I would be thrilled to hit it that far, on the easiest pitch possible, and like to do that. It's just. It's crazy. So like that's the part that's sort of the you know the I'm forgetting which side the left brain side like that tickles the left side of your brain like wow okay objectively looking at the numbers this is a pitch that should not be hit. And, you know, that's why people reacted to that on Twitter. I think Stroman reacted to it as well. Uh, He blocked me long ago, so I don't have the specifics (laughs) on that one. But, you know, the the thing that's more mythology building is probably the hand. You know, the fact that he got, you know, he got stomped on, he stayed in the game, and he was able to do all of that. And then, you know, the Garrett Cole factor is real as well. Uh, I know it's kind of fashionable to say that Garrett Cole is no good anymore because he scuffled a little bit down the stretch and because, you know, he had a bad wild card. Uh, But, you know, he's still a really, really, really good pitcher, still incredibly hard to hit. So if if he had just hit two home runs off Garrett Cole at Yankee Stadium, I feel like you'd maybe remember that a little bit. But it's the hand, it's that one particular home run. 
It's also the fact he kind of single-handedly won the game. Like no 100%. one else on offense was doing anything for them. Uh, I mean, Springer and this had is a- that, Springer had that one hit, but like literally, like well, I wrote a, the recap of it last night. I was just like, I don't, I don't even have room to to mention Springer's hit because like all so much went on, and a lot of it was Vlad. Yeah. And you mentioned that he's going to do stuff like this again. And I think that's pretty safe to assume that's accurate. Like, I, I think it's fair to assume we're going to see another three home run game from him. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a four home run game from him at some point. Um, and yet, I think this one has those other components that is going to make it memorable. Like that home run. And, you know, you don't you never want to get crazily too far ahead of yourself. But that home run that he hit off Cole on that inside pitch, like that's the sort of thing that goes on like your Hall of Fame reel. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm not saying that he's going to make the Hall of Fame. You need great health. You need to stay good later into your career in ways that are really hard to project, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it's at all out of the question that that could happen. But it's the sort of thing that it's a it's a highlight that you could watch again and again and again. And when you watch it the first time, like I was blown away but he almost made it look normal enough that you're like wow that's a cool home run like wow he really got around on that and yanked it and then you had to take a step back and look at the relay and realize man like he didn't even just sort of turn on it with his body and yank it down the left field line like I think that's something that a lot of people might have I mean not a lot of people could even do that but that's that would have been a more human response like the fact he was able to put that kind of distance on it you really did need to watch it multiple times to truly get an, a sense of appreciation for it. And it's something I could see us watching for a long, long time, even if he hits three home runs in a game again. Like, this is the sort of thing that people remember, you know, long after a player, may, whether he leaves Toronto or retires or whatever it is. Like, this is the the anecdote that you talk about. Like, oh, his there was blood on his jersey, his hand got <laughs> mangled, and then he hit the most insane home run you've ever seen. Like, this is grandchildren type of stuff, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. No, for real, yeah. And I mean, we won't be, you know, we won't be show, showing the grandchildren tweets, I guess, but like, but for real, like, like Chris Black, who uh, works for Sportsnet and does the, uh, nice deep dives into stuff worth, very, worth following. Uh, <laughs> and I put this in the post that I did uh, after the game, like, Cole has thrown 702 pitches at 95 plus in and off the plate to right-handed batters. And that's the only one that's ever been hit for a home run. Like, it's just, it's just like, it's just like big leaguers are the best of the best, obviously. And to do stuff that is just impossible for a big leaguer to do is, is, is wild. I mean, you know, the, but also I think Vlad is like, like the human highlight film. I mean, I all respect Dominique Wilkins, but like, uh, <laughs> pretty, but pretty like, different athletes. There. A little bit, but like, but like, you know, uh, it, like he hit that one that was like, I don't know what the launch angle was, but like the, the line, like the, the line drive home run that he hit last year, um, the, that was absurd. I mean, again, my, my, my memory is not great. Uh, it never was, but it's not getting better, but, uh, but I, like he'll, I think he'll just he just does he's gonna do this all the time because he just he, that's that's what he is and that's it, it. It's so satisfying to have thought that's what he could be when he was a uh, you know coming up and and like storming through single A and double A, uh, and then there was that like wobble in uh, 2019, 2020, you know, and I moved off third base and the you know the weights a thing and then it's like okay no. Uh, and I think Rob Rob Longley of the Sun had a great thing this week where he talked to him and uh, uh, talked about you know how committed he is to nutrition and to fitness and like you know how how you know how he wants to be great and I think that's also you know obviously a part of it and I think you know it's hard it's hard to get to the 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 elite level of any sport or anything without actually. You know, you don't just back into it like the, you have to you have to want it. And he does. And that's always kind of been a thing with him, I think, as well. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's just it's so weird to think about the season that he had last year and being like that. That might not be a career year for him, which is crazy, because that's like. Ninety nine percent of the people who've ever played the sport will never touch that year. And it's like now plenty of Hall of Fame. It's, we'll it's never like, touch it's that. It's crazy. Year, to be it's great, and it's it's crazy. But 
you know, I mean, it's easy to say this, like, you know, six, seven games of the year, whatever it is. Uh, but also, that's, I mean, that's just how talented he is. And that's what I think people have thought and saw and heard the, you know, they talked for years about like this, the ball sounds different coming off that guy's bat. And it's, uh, uh, we're just, we're just, we're just very lucky to be able to, to, to witness this and witness like it from the start. Uh, and I hope he's here for a very long time because, uh, <laughs> it's like you should, like a human shouldn't be able to do the things that he's able to do. Well, I, there's a reason we never really gave much thought to the idea that he would regress this year. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know yeah. anyone who seriously thought, oh, last year he really broke up in a huge way. Like, let's pump the brake. And like, I'm a huge <laughs> pump the brakes guy. Like, I'm probably one of the biggest pump the brakes guys there are. Um, but no one was saying, oh, you know what? Like, that's a big outlier. Like, let's pump the brakes and expect something in between his 2020 and 2021. Like, it was very well understood. Like, okay, he th- partly through the stuff he did with his body um, and his training and just partly maturing as a hitter and getting to know the league better and, you know, being more of an adult. Like, he was, you know, he was 20 sure. when he came to the major leagues. Like, all of this coming together and the minor league record and what we'd seen him do at double A AA and triple A, it was just sort of understood that, okay, now we're seeing Vladdy. Like the Vladdy experience at the major league level has begun. <laughs> yeah. And the assumption was that he was going to carry it through in 2022. And you're right. You know, it's only been a handful of games, but it seems awfully likely that everybody was right not to have those doubts. <laughs> well, you could just, I mean, you know, they're, like you see guys, and there we could talk about several on the Blue Jays team, uh, who just who look overmatched up there, and he just never looks overmatched. He looks like he's in control of every at bat, and that was like that was like a Jose Bautista thing, which was a beautiful thing about him, and, and Bautista just didn't even have the the same you know, uh, ability, like control of the zone, which is weird to say. Like you know, I mean. At his peak, Bautista was like my favorite player, almost like for like he was incredible, but like just Vlad is on another level from even the elite of the elite. Like, you, like it's like it just feels like he'll laugh at the ump when he makes the wrong the wrong call, and he just he understands the strike zone and he knows what pitches he can do damage on, and he knows, and it's just it, it's just innate to him, and it's uh, and it's wild. And then you watch Zach Collins taking it bat. <laughs> But the le- and it's we like, will and it's like, we and it's will like get that, to that. Like, it's like that guy's sure. one of like the seven hundred greatest baseball players in the world right now, or you know, debatable variety of factors that went into <laughs> him like, being in the bigs. Et but like, just to even get to that level is crazy, and just to watch like the difference between you know Vladdy and someone like that, and it's like you know you talk about. I don't know when you talk to other people about other sports. Like we did this. We talked about the Seahawks last week, as I recall. Uh, Whenever like, you want to go back to that, I always have <laughs> I content for you. Promise you, I will absolutely never do that. Uh, <laughs> unless Curtis, unless it's about Tecmo Super Bowl, uh, I, I, I don't want to do it. But uh, but like I don't. It's like they're like they're like basketball. Just because of the, like the amount of time guys are on the court, let the you know it, like a superstar. You know, LeBron is like the orbit around him is just so much like his gravity is so much larger than most baseball players. You can't like a baseball player can't generally carry a team on his back and win games for them outright all the time. And yet, Vlad might be one of those kind of guys, which is which is just crazy to think. And that's like putting a lot on him, but also. I think it's justified. Like it's 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 wild to to watch it, and I, I think yeah, pumping the brakes would be no fun. Um, but also not it's, sensible because normally it's sensible, it's but awesome. no fun. And now it's not yeah. fun and not sensible. <laughs> yeah, like you you know he like well that game on on Wednesday night. You know, I mean, until that Springer hit, like what it was like. It was like the the Jays were like. Oh, for or like one for 18 and Vlad, but also then Vlad had three hits at some point in the middle of the game. Right. Like it was like, he was the, he was the entire team. And, uh, I think he just, I, I, I don't know uh, that could, that could happen a lot. Uh, and, and to have like him surrounded by guys who are also quite good, even though some of them get hurt, 
Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think they're in a good spot. I think they're in a good spot. I think uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch Vlad for the next several years, and uh, also this Blue Jays team with him being like this. And again, it's easy to say <laughs> after like a game like that, but also, yeah, like like. It, uh, you have to marvel at it and 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 it's it's just yeah it's it's worth it's worth like having Taking your job about it yeah for real like it's you know it, it may, he may not do that every night obviously but the th- yeah. things that he can do on a baseball field are insane it's uh it's amazing i mean the real question is what mike trout has been up to uh, all these years, you know, if a baseball player is able to just win a game like that, how come the Angels have never been to the playoffs? <laughs> come on, Mike, figure it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy for Good me point. in the past before Vladdy was also, it was always Giancarlo Stanton. Like he was a baseball player I fell in love with based on the notion that he could just do things that other people couldn't do. And it often was kind of the laser home runs to right field uh, that just were different and whatnot. And, you know, I don't think Stanton, I mean, he, he wasn't, he didn't quite hit that home run and maybe he's not there anymore, but no, I don't want to take that crown away from Stanton because it seems like every year, even if he shows up for like 15 games, he still hits the hardest ball uh, that anyone in baseball hits. So I'm not saying that Vladdy is necessarily stealing that from him outright, but he's right there at the very, very least. He's he's right there. He's a little bit more of a complete hitter, I think. Oh, well, he's, I think he's a lot more of a complete hitter. Okay. Yeah. But also, yeah, like Stanton was a guy. I remember going when he when like the Marlins came in Major League, being like, "Gotta go watch Stanton. Like he's insane." And Aaron Judge is pretty good too. Uh, we'll just leave Trevor Richards in to 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 try, to try to make sure we get Aaron Judge out. Like, man alive! That like that game Wednesday. Night, like I'm saying Wednesday night, which was last night because we're recording on Thursday, but. Uh, I had I, I had my recap ready to go and uh sweated through some of those last innings, not gonna lie. The Blue uh, Jays the might be able to the blow Trevor up. Richards one in particular. Yeah, the Blue Jays will <laughs> blow up a lot of game recaps this year, whether it's on offense with comebacks, a uh, couple you know, the very back end is all right, but uh, I could see them blowing some leads too. For I'd sure. Like to see Jordan Romano maybe miss uh, a couple more bats. That's yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, okay, so let or, we, or we, maybe you know ninety six isn't really where I want. You could have a little bit more. Yeah, okay, works, works, we got seventeen <laughs> minutes forty four of fawning over Vlad. I think that's about appropriate. <laughs> um, let's get a little bit darker. We have some early injury issues. We always talk about injuries being an inevitability. Like, you know, it's an 162-game season. These guys play every day. We know, you know, baseball isn't the NFL. It isn't, you know, as physical as the NHL. But at the same time, you know, people just get worn down, and there's plenty of instances where this is going to happen. And it feels like the Blue Jays got hit in a couple places that are tricky for them. And as much as we talked about, the catcher surplus we've kind of talked about for a while, all these balls being in the air with the various catchers they have. It's weird because going <laughs> it into this, it turns out, only turns one out of them is actually like an everyday catcher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the year, Alejandro Kirk will have a higher war or contribute more to the blue Jays than Danny Jansen. I wouldn't have considered that to be a shocking thing, but at the same time, Jansen feels more important because he just gives them this real nice, I mean, you know, forget about the fact he was crushing the ball early, but he gives them an, a really nice floor where you can be comfortable about, like, there's a guy to hit eighth or ninth in the lineup uh, and play a solid defensive catcher, and I'm not going to sweat about anything. And him being gone, you know, it, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Alejandro Kirk. We, you know, we joked about Zach Collins already. The the other alternatives, you know, in a post Reese McGuire world, uh, which is something I, you know, I've called for in the past, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't have gotten rid of Reese McGuire, that he would be their white knight if he were around now, but uh, <laughs> he would help right now. He would legitimately help right now, and yeah. Alejandro Kirk is, uh, you know, he's under the gun a little bit defensively, and I don't even think what we've seen so far from him has been bad. It's just we've never. Had seen him have to take on this burden before. And weirdly, and we would discuss this too on the podcast, 
his development was really accelerated, uh, kind of to prioritize winning in the present in a way that might have, you know, hurt his defense a little bit. Suddenly, he's got like a developmental opportunity in front of him, which is not what we expect to see out of the 2022 Blue Jays. But Alejandro Kirk suddenly, you know, he's going to get to get into that backlog of defensive development that he never really got a chance to do because you've really got to roll him out consistently uh, if you want to win ball games. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like Zach Collins, like catcher in like large quotes, I think, right? Like he's really just a bench bat, right? I think like he, he like he can play occasionally behind the plate, but I don't think like I think I mean, and I normally I, innings I, at a time. Like, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't like seen a lot of him behind the plate, but just everything you hear about him is just like. Like White Sox fans just laughing, like you traded a, a decent catcher for that guy, and it's like the option is the thing. Obviously, um, <laughs> they like his bat apparently, but also he's looked horrible uh, in a couple of uh, you know not not a lot of plate appearances so far, but also has looked horrible. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think uh, Kirk is going to get that thing, and and the interesting thing I think about it is. Um, and I'm guilty of this too. Is like people are like, well, what about what about Moreno? What about Moreno? like you know you got Moreno in the in the minors and he's your top prospect, and this was like lit- like the literally the issue with for Cork has been that he hasn't been able to get those like defensive reps because he's more of a DH than a catcher, and I think Moreno's not that guy. But if you bring him up, it's you're forcing his development, you're pushing it in a way that I think they don't want to do. And I don't think they wanted to do that with Kirk either, but they just really had no choice in 2020 because they were chasing a playoff spot and it was, you know, and people were hurt and it was the whole thing. Uh, and Jansen was not, you know, hitting the way that he has for, you know, since September, which is about like, you know, a couple of weeks worth of games, which I think people need to remember a little bit as well. Because as much He's as I look, teased I, I being like, really good before for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, like, and I wrote this the other day. Like, I liked it. Like, Danny Jansen, I like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, and I've said this on the podcast. Like, you know, I think that, that he, uh, you know, a bat first prospect, I think the bat can come because like you were saying, like, you know, catcher is a, it's a tough position and it, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 your, your primary job as a catcher is not to hit and you have a lot of bigger, bigger responsibilities. And I think that. You know, Jansen may just it, it you know it may be like coming back into his own as as a hitter, which looked true in a handful of the, of you know plate appearances in in September and spring and and the start of the year, which is why it's such a shame that he's hurt right now. But, uh, but I I don't know he's he like last year they won ninety one games and he had like two hundred odd plate appearances like he's not the he's not like he's not the glue of this team right like he like the team is very good they can get away with not having Danny Jansen it's not ideal um but uh yeah it is big for Kirk right now and I think that like part of and anytime we talk about Kirk we're like I literally like last week or the week before we were talking about like well well, you know, he, he missed a lot of defensive reps because he can hit. He can hit his way, in, like he can hit in the big leagues, but he hasn't had that defensive opportunity. Now it is, like you say, kind of like a development time, which is not really what this team is about because it's a win-now team. Uh, but then there's also this idea like, oh, rush Moreno up. And I think you like run into the possibility that you do the same thing where, you know, you screw up his development a bit. And I think like, you know, it's – you know, the stakes when are they too were, when high they were saying, when they were saying like Vlad needs more reps at third base, like that was obviously like service manipulation time. But I think for a catcher, it actually is like probably more really important that like he gets like a half a year in Buffalo to to like, you know, see those pitchers like do like just like get those reps, do that thing. Like it's it's a big jump uh, if you've only played in AAA for like four weeks to be like, Hey, you're the starting catcher in the majors now. Like that, that, that's, that's such a, that's a bigger job than being, Hey, you're the starting left fielder in the big leagues now. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because there's a, there's a sort of an obvious parallel with Alec Manoa last year where, 
he came up and he, you know, people didn't know if he was ready, but there was excitement about him. And then he just crushed in AAA and they had a need and then they pulled the trigger. The same thing could easily happen with Moreno. Like for the next week or so, he could just go off at AAA. Everyone could say, oh, he's making a mockery of this level and the Blue Jays have a need. Let's bring him up. But there's such a big difference between the development of a pitcher and a catcher. Uh, and, you know, with Manoa, like that stuff, you can really evaluate almost regardless of the competition in a sense. Whereas Moreno, you just need more time to see where he's at compared to the level of competition. And as good as he is defensively, as athletic as he is, as promising as he is, um, yeah, the the idea of him needing more seasoning, needing more reps, that is not a, at this point, and you know, maybe we're having a different conversation in a month, but at this point, that doesn't seem like an in bad faith service time manipulation thing. Like he really no. has not yeah. played very much. And it was largely um, because of injuries last year. If he had had more of a complete year last year, maybe it's a different story, but he does not if have. Even, even if he had the, a complete spring training and didn't have the visa issues, it would maybe, but also, yeah, no, you're right. And and it's like, I don't know the game calling, the understanding the pitchers, like it's, like I, I am, I am low key. I don't, I don't advertise it, but like, I know catcher should probably be the MVP every year. Like that's just such a like a huge job on the field. Yeah, and it's there. Like you said, there's so much to it, and he's got you know. I'm pulling it up now. How many plate appearances as of today he has above the single A level, and it's a hundred and sixty. <laughs> You know, that's that's not a lot. That's not a lot. And he, yeah, he needs more time. It, the pressure is going to be on. Like there's going to be some bad moments in the next couple of weeks where a ball squeaks through Kirk's legs or where, where Tyler Heineman uh, makes an ill-advised pickoff throw. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, he was, you know, I kind of respect that he was feeling himself like based on absolutely nothing. That's confidence. Like that's not the type of throw that you make generally as someone who is sort of, sort of incredibly lucky to be at the big league level at all. Um, but he felt that he could Correct. make that throw. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that that's the issue, right? Like you're going to have individual moments in the next couple of weeks that look really ugly. Um, because, you know, Jansen provides that safe floor. And I'm not saying that Kirk is going to have a terrible week or whatever, a um, couple weeks through April, end of April, whatever it is that it takes for Jansen to come back. I don't think he's going to be totally over his head or anything. But, you know, there's a pretty significant difference, and catcher defense is incredibly visible. Uh, and we're going to mm, see that. And also, true, you know, yeah. Heinemann and Collins, whoever is taking at bats, like, you know, we already had very few Collins at bats. Uh, and it was enough to turn everyone against him on Twitter <laughs> and kind of determine uh, probably a little bit unfairly because sometimes a guy just has a horrible day at the plate. He's hard, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't looked that much worse than Matt Chapman. but uh, uh, Well, yeah. I don't, that's a separate. <laughs> but also, hey, he Matt Chapman has. hit a big home run, uh, he so did. he didn't. And he hasn't done nothing. RBI on Wednesday for sure. The other one... Uh, Obviously, the news on this is sort of coming in as we record is the Teoscar Hernandez issue. Uh, you know, I think Hernandez's abilities are probably underrated in the sense that he gets overshadowed a little bit by the sort of Vladdy Bo thing, how productive he's been. So sort of since, you know, you know, they keep the narrative is since he came back in 2019. And it's a pretty good narrative. Like he's quite literally one of the better hitters in the game since that time. It is interesting to me that Randall Gritchick's name is already being used in positive <laughs> light. Like that really didn't take long. Like I, that's something I kind of figured would never happen. And if you didn't yeah. bring that up. I was going to. Yeah. Yeah. To Oscar Hernandez. <laughs> it, it looks like the earliest reports on it are that the injury is maybe not as bad as it could be. These type of injuries are incredibly finicky. Uh, I think it's unfair to make predictions. We went through a lot of this with Brett Laurie, I recall. but um, George Springer last year. But Hernandez, you know, now we, we've got the Zimmer-Tapia thing happening, and we're going to see what these guys have. Tapia's another guy that I think there's been sort of unfair vitriol against early on. Like, I don't know what people expected. Like, he's going to hit a bunch of ground balls and run around. Like, that's kind of what he does. 
I know he missed a catch. I know that like the bats haven't looked great, but this is what on days where the ground balls don't sneak through the infield or he doesn't hit singles, like this is what it's going to look like. He hasn't played well, but I don't think he's done anything that should tell us that the skill set we thought we were getting as the Blue Jays was a bad bill of goods. Like he's just had a bad version of him over the last few days. Uh, so that one's a little surprising that people are so against him already and so on the, wow, wouldn't it be great if Grichik was around thing? Because uh, <laughs> if people's memories were a little bit longer, they might recall uh, how much they hated seeing him pretty much, you know, 2018, he was all right. But in basically all second the- Second half 2018. 20, yeah, the second but, half. Yeah. Basically, the rest of his Blue Jays tenure, uh, he was widely despised. And so seeing him trending on Twitter because people are mad that Tapia hasn't been good in a handful of games, I found a little bit too much. Yeah. No. I feel that's like the pining for... I mean, it's a luxury. It's like a sign that you're following a good team is that people are pining for Reese McGuire and Randall Gritchick. But like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, the timing of of Teoscar being hurt, and well, I mean the outfield thing. I don't even. I don't even care. I don't. I don't care that Randall Gritchick is not here. Um, full stop. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean that's a that's like, a fair thought. Doesn't need. And also, I think that, I think that he. I I don't know what the reporting has been on it, but like I don't. I saw people talking. It's like you know he would he would rather play. He would rather be somewhere where he's going to play every day, and uh, I would rather him be somewhere where he's going to play every day, which means he's not playing for the Blue Jays, which is which is great. And that they even managed to get anybody of like the Toppy thing is weird because like now they have Zimmer, who is kind of like in the same shape, yeah, pretty like similar a, skill set. Like, I mean, yeah, there's the I, contact difference between them, right? Like Zimmer has more theoretical power and less contact, and Tapia is gonna put the bat on the ball, which is in theory going to be less frustrating to watch. But in practice, again, the ground balls are, uh, there's multitudes of them. And, you know, there's going to be days where sort of, <laughs> you know, a couple ground balls sneak through, he steals a base and he scores two crucial runs. Like in one of those wins against Texas, the second win, he scored a run that was critical to the game and his wheels Absolutely. played a role in that run, which I believe Absolutely. ended up being the winning run. So again, like I'm not defending what he's done so far and saying that like he's looked good or been good because he absolutely hasn't, but he's sort of just, yeah, he's sort of just doing what he does in my view. And Zimmer is more of a wild card. But also a baseball season is doing what it does is where I kind of get to. I mean, maybe I'm just a fucking cynical old man about it, but it's just like, I like, I don't know. I've seen people complaining on Twitter or will like complain in my mentions, which, you know, I appreciate that. It's fine. I don't. I don't, you know, I, 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 in the old days, I might have like been a little more vitriolic about it, but I will not now. But like, uh, like, I don't know, that's, you don't, you don't have all stars in Buffalo that are just waiting to come. Like the depth is, depth is replacement level guys. And you kind of have to, to find guys. And we talked about before, you know, before the season started about like, well, their depth is a bit a bit wonky and the fact that they are down to Oscar and Danny Jansen right now is not good. And, and perhaps they could have done better there though. I think that having Tapia and Zimmer is, is better than Grichik. I think that having, you know, Moreno obviously is not going to come up just yet, but like, I think the catching depth, it will, it will be fine. Uh, but I don't know. It's, I, I feel like people are kind of like the reason the Grichik is, is trending is that people are, expect that when one guy gets hurt oh you should have another guy who's really good it's like well no if he's really good <laughs> he'd be playing like he would yeah he would he would be playing or he wouldn't you know you wouldn't be able to option him or like you know the, the, that's just that's just how that's just how the sport works like it just yeah unless you're you know. the rays or the dodgers and you've got <laughs> player development magic you don't have a bunch of controllable guys with options that you can pull up and will be quality, yeah, yeah, big league quality and good in a particular type of matchup. And yeah, the Blue Jays don't have that. They have a lot of, yeah, kind of cast castaways for lack of yeah. a better term. And that, it's not, it's not ideal. Like I'm not, I don't want to, they have been hit I, in spots. that are tough for them too. Like if they, <laughs> if they were hit yes. in the infield, then, you know, you can deploy both Espinal and Biggio at the same time. 
and that's not what you want to do all Otto year. Lopez or yeah, whatever. and Leo Jimenez at some point. Yeah, like the <laughs> infield is a, is a much easier thing for them. You know, pitching staff is probably easier for them. Like Stripling is a ready-made fifth starter. Um, start which, Oakland, yeah, he's gonna weekend, he'll yeah. show us. Um, yeah. and you know, yeah, we'll see how ready made he is. Yeah. And there's plenty of kind of <laughs> arms you could throw at the bullpen, not to say they'd be great arms, but like these are the spots where, and even, you know, the catcher thing is about timing, right. In terms of Moreno's readiness. So like really the long-term spot that's trickiest is outfield. That'll probably be tricky all year. If, uh, you know, if Springer goes out or, uh, Guriel goes out, that could be tricky all year. The catching spot isn't really one you worry about in the more medium long term. So, uh, we did talk about depth, but we talked about it in the context of if this is the thing to complain about with the Blue Jays, that there are a couple of spots where the depth isn't ideal from a position player standpoint, that's a good team. And just unfortunately for this good team, the spots that we talked about being the trickiest are the ones they're dealing with <laughs> right now. The ones that are immediately they have to deal with the injuries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's yeah. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like, well, don't question what the front office is doing. You know, they they go, they know, like, no, that's that's being a fan. That's like completely imbalanced. But also, I do think like, I don't know. We talked about the Collins McGuire. Like, we talked about McGuire being like, why is he even here? And we're like, okay, Collins, he's got an option, and he might he'll be here for a couple of weeks and go down. You know, at the time, nobody was like, oh, Oh dear! Oh dear! How how dare you get rid of Reese McGuire for something as opposed to nothing, which was going to happen when he inevitably got sent down? Yeah, uh, Zach and, Collins and, is like ninety five percent going to be nothing, but there's a there was a five percent that he was going to yeah. be something there. It's worth. But there was a hundred percent that Reese McGuire was going to be nothing because they were going to have to put him on waivers at some point because they will not like they were not going to carry three catchers all year like I, like. Kirk will DH a lot, but also someone will get hurt. And when, like when Teoscar comes back, he's not going to be able to probably play in the outfield a lot. You know, you don't need three catchers if Teoscar is your DH a bunch before he, like, if he can swing the bat before he can play the outfield. You know, like we saw with Springer last year. So, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's like, what is it? Bad, like bad, good process, bad, res- poor results or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I think the process has been fine, uh, but they are in a weird spot right now. And it is not, <laughs> it's not, I don't, it's not fun. I don't want to watch Tyler fucking Heineman catch literally anybody who's not in Buffalo. But, uh, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And you never yeah. know, you know, you might get a weird <laughs> Bradley Zimmer being decent out of nowhere or something like you, you, there are surprises that happen every year uh, and it's easy to write players off. And the reality is that, you know, someone could be this year's Espinal, like a guy who seemed like a bit of a throwaway bench player who ends up providing more than they expected. And you can't count on that. But assuming that everything is going to be a disaster before you see it play out is also probably not a fun way to go about it. Yeah, that bugs me too. <laughs> like, I don't think Zach Collins is going to be anything. But like, I don't know. I was thought, somebody on Twitter was just like, "Oh, he's like, oh, they see, uh, they saw the same thing in his bat that they liked in Derek Fisher's bat." It's like, yeah, they all everybody fails. And like, but the opposite was, as I recall, and I'm going to date myself here, but like Juan Francisco was like incredible incredible for two months in whatever fucking year that was 2014 or perhaps 2012 whatever it was and i was just like yeah you know know, like you can't you can't see a guy for like a couple weeks and be like this guy's awesome or a game or or this guy sucks like like you know yeah Yeah, that's just not the nature of the game tapia we got that with collins you know i'd be more inclined to defend tapia because i just think you know there's a collins then collins not gonna be good yeah (laughs) um but you know kikuchi right like kikuchi's first outing was unimpressive it probably was even less impressive than the results indicated he got some big defensive plays uh, that I'm made... sure he'll be fine on Tuesday at Fenway. <laughs> but like it just it is this time of year where people are so willing to write players off because they've never seen them before. And then they see them once and they perform poorly. And suddenly these players are garbage. And again, like they may well be, you know, Kikuchi may end up well, being a multi-year a good, bust. 
but I, it's a good bet. It's a good like most players are garbage. <laughs> like it's very rare to not be garbage. Like it's incredibly hard to not be garbage. That's but, true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's I don't know. I <laughs> like I. It it becomes very boring to be like the it's an 162 game season guys person because like you know it's a it's a dead end of an argument it's a dead end of a discussion like I you say this is sucks and I say hey have patience and then like what are we gonna do wait for f- five months and then like <laughs> come back and discuss who was right like it's not fun it's it's not good podcasting it's not good content it's not fun fan conversation but at the same time like it does need to be acknowledged to a certain extent like the idea that like we are six games into the season anything you've seen from a player not familiar with like you touched on matt chapman some pretty bad at bats and in the way that concerns you because the concern with him is about his inability to make contact with the ball like not everything that you could worry about with matt chapman coming to this year is being validated in front of your eyes but it's still six games and it's still next week he could have a week where he strikes out once and walks six times and hits three dingers and reminds everyone that he was an MVP candidate in the relatively recent past. So, yeah, we're going to be here every week, if not more, depending <laughs> on circumstances. And we're going to be talking about these things. Um, but at the same time, like it is so easy to be a prisoner of this moment. Twitter is fantastic for that because you get validated. You tweet out something like Zach Collins is garbage. And then you get a bunch of likes because people are feeling that in the moment. And then that's a feedback loop. But at the same Uh, time, uh, it's a long season. This time last year, people have been like, what's Robbie Ray doing in the rotation? You know, I think, I mean, I think, I think adjustments for hitters are, are different than pitchers. Maybe they don't have a uh, a Pete Walker on the hitting side, but like literally last year, you know, Robbie Ray was like was not Robbie Ray who won the Cy Young, if you recall, uh, in his first few starts. Like it, it like it's just, and I, I think that's you know that's the, like Barrios. Obviously, I think people are smart enough to have not looked at that opening day start and been like, oh, uh-oh, like, even though he had a weird spring training, like, it's still, it is, like, I think especially maybe for pitchers, it's like, it's still sort of spring training. Uh, that was so compressed, thank you, Rob Manfred, uh, that uh, that they're just not, you know, like, the which is actually, like, I say that like it's, like, it's a conspiracy, but, like, literally, they had to take care of uh, Kershaw out during a perfect game the other day. Oh, man. Uh, because just, dude, just had, give him like, a chance, he's like, he's, man. He just was let like, him do it. I don't care about his arm. I mean, I guess he probably cares about his arm. The team cares about I, I his can, arm. But I, I imagine he probably cares about his arm. But I don't. I want to see one of the few perfect games that's ever going to happen in my lifetime. That's what I want. And I'm like, Kevin Kershaw has been fantastic. I'm willing to sacrifice a good chunk of the rest of his career for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Johan Santana. Let's go. Um, also, he's already got the whole the, thing. I saw you tweet about the Dave, the Dave Steve. Uh, uh, what is it? Secret base Torque Town yeah. thing, which was amazing. I mean, I, th- I think the total thing comes in at approximately four hours. So, like, you gotta have time to watch this. Um, but but it's all but it's worth but it's it. worth it. it yeah. It was, it so was, yeah. here's a random well, yeah. Which is I mean, John Boy's Dorktown like, Dave Steve. I think it's called the cat the Captain story Ahab. of Captain Ahab. I mean, you'll be able to find it with those keywords. Search engines are good at what they do. Um, look it up on YouTube. It's fantastic. It's like I don't know. Like Canadians always like get like it's like this. These these aren't Jays fans. These aren't these aren't homers. They're just like these are like fans who. Do not have anything, any reason to no like horse the, in the, the race. Blue Jays in particular, <laughs> in particular, I feel as I said, but uh, but are just like how like just just hammer home how disrespected and how amazing Dave Steve was. And uh, honestly, I came away with it or came away from it being like, like you know, you sometimes see polls on Twitter. You like people talk about who's the greatest Blue Jay of all time. Uh, I feel like I will now have to keep answering Dave Steve. Uh, and I, I don't know if I did that before, but it, it's, it's Dave Steve. Holy shit! Watch that shit. It's amazing. It's true. I mean, and I think I would have, yeah, would have been pretty torn about who's of Grace Blue Jay. Like you could make an argument. Um, for they made a good argument. They made a good okay. argument here. Like, I, yeah, yeah, you could have made a lot of arguments for 
you know, even Jose Bautista, I think he's kind of the player position player war guy. You can do guys who are cl- more closely aligned with the World Series teams. You could do Roy Halladay. <laughs> Bautista's the only Bautista I can do because he's like three weeks older than me. <laughs> but, but like, I don't know if I could choose anybody younger than me. Mm, yeah, I mean, Roy Halladay was sort of like my favorite Blue Jay, so I would probably like find Same. a logic pretzel to make that work in my head. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a fascinating series. And, uh, you know, I don't think we've ever really done a, a really uh, straight up recommendation that kind of happened midstream. So you guys go and look for that. Uh, before we get out of here, it's funny because I, I just gave you a little bit of a mini rant on the length of the season. One thing like most of the things that you can you can throw away to one to some extent or the other one thing that kind of stood out was the little santiago espinal um power power surge which is in quotation marks a power surge by his standards he's fucking school now yeah i mean it's funny because all the narrative (laughs) is like running in his favor like it's the confirmation bias is there because the fans want to like him more than bgo they saw the best shape of the life stuff. So when he comes out and in his first game hits two balls harder than he's any ever hit anything before, people are very ready to jump on board with this. Right. But but I think the team. I mean, based on based on usage, I think the team is also kind of believing, right? Like, oh yeah, he's, play, he's played he's played against right-handers where you would in spots where you would think Bijou would play. Um, I think Bijou will get opportunities, and I you know. I won't count that guy out because I think that's happened a lot. But uh, yeah, Espinal, I don't. This one, he like and like he and he's just he's not like he controls the strike zone well. Like he, I don't like I don't know that he walks a ton, but he doesn't strike out a ton. Like he can put the bat to the ball, and that was always the thing. He can hit it hard, um, but if he can hit it hard with like them fucking them fucking biceps, uh, him with like him like. Espinal with like twelve home runs is a like he was good last like his like what was his WAR last year was like he was like a two win guy almost last year I think I'd have to look it up but yeah it was in that area and because he because he, he can make contact can and it. play good defense like he, can, he can play he can play everywhere in the in the infield right like he's uh, that's you know I don't I don't I, he he's a pump the brakes kind of guy I think but also. I don't know if he keeps sitting. Like, well, why? Why do you need Biggio? You don't. I mean, yeah, Biggio becomes more of a bench player, which could be what happens. I think you know, Espinal. That was the myth. He would be the he would be the ideal Zach Collins Biggio, <laughs> I think. Uh, and Zach Collins can wander into the sea. I think, he, <laughs> yeah, I could see Zach Collins wandering away from the major league roster at some point. We'll put it that that way. Now, Espinal, yeah, that was the one thing missing from his game, right? Like, he he made contact with the ball. He plays great defense. The one thing that I would say about that is, like, his exit velocity was, like, really low last year. And what he's brought it up to is, like, still below average uh, in terms of the max exit velocity. So he's not suddenly becoming a power hitter, but even, like, having more than having more than no power (laughs) in the context of the rest of his skill set is actually really big. And I think yeah. that there's a chance that, you know, I was coming into the year a little bit like, oh, I think we've overcorrected on Biggio and, you know, Espinal's track record is pretty short. And I was kind of inclined to lean like, you know, give Biggio a chance at second base when he doesn't have to bump around all these positions. But yeah, Espinal is definitely showing something like of all the things we've seen, what Espinal has shown has been, I guess, you know, in some ways even more surprising than what Vladi did, just because nothing that Vladi does is surprising uh, in a weird way. And Damn. if you're going to say, <laughs> like, you know, Kikuchi's terrible now or, like, Ryu can't do it or whatever, if you want one of those early season narratives to actually put a little bit of stock into, um, Espinal would perhaps be my choice because you just don't see well, you, guys. You wrote about this as I, as I, I did write about this at Sportsnet. So you don't want to, uh, <laughs> yeah. When guys just show you they have a new level at anything, whether that's like pitching velocity or max exit velocity or you know something like sprint speed, if they lose a bunch of weight or something, that's what I'm always interested in. When someone shows me like a higher level at something than they've ever done, 
because you can have four hits in a game. You know, you can have balls bounce your way. You can even not be that. You know, I remember Jeff Fry, Jeff Fry hit for the goddamn for the cycle. cycle. <laughs> so anyone in in small samples can do some funky stuff. But show me something that you've literally never done before. And now I'm interested. Uh, and that's what's happened with Espinal. And I think that I think that the like just literally like based on the usage, like even in the first few games, like there were a few games where you would have expected Fijio to play. He didn't because Espinal's stealing that job. And I hope he continues to do it. That would be amazing. I don't know that he will. I think Fijio will still continue to get opportunities. But also, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Like, uh, And I think that's, that is a job to be stolen. And, uh, that's a stealable job, and they might be stealing it. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it, like, it, it, like it's not a straight platoon. It's literally Espinel will play against right-handers who have velocity, for example, like Kira Cole. Maybe he'll steal Matt Chapman's job, you know? If Chapman's as much mm-hmm. of a bum as... Maybe it'll be <laughs> Espinel and Bijou. Chapman no on Kevin bench. Smith, but... Yeah. yeah, off to a rough start. Anyway, that's a different it'll, rabbit it'll hole. Be, Chap, Chapman, Chapman will be fine. Chapman not, will... Not. The official position of Blue Jays Happy Hour is that Chapman <laughs> will be fine. And we will leave it there. That was episode 37 <laughs> of Blue Jays Happy Hour. We appreciate you guys tuning in, subscribing leaving reviews i think last time i asked for a review we got like one so that's you know that's something someone out there is listening uh we appreciate it and we will uh zero zero one percent of people reviews. that's enough i mean i I don't know how any of the math works but sure that sounds good to me and uh yeah we will uh be here for you again next week